Welcome to Why Is That? I'm Khabi Singh Mudao. I understand we've been away for some time and we're coming back with an ironically entitled episode, Why We Procrastinate. This is not the reason why we haven't been around. Um, there have been other reasons in the background, but it's also apt that we are taking on a subject that talks about delay in getting the things we love and need to do done. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Happy Tax Day! <laughs> happy and tax are not words that really should be in the same sentence, but it's like wishing someone happy root canal, you know? <laughs> Every year, millions of people wait till the last minute to file their taxes. It seems like there are a lot of procrastinators out there and a lot of amateur procrastinators. <laughs> but for all of you procrastinators out there, I have good news, it may not be your fault. A new study came out about pro procrastination. It said, uh, it actually would have come out a lot sooner, but the, sooner they kept putting it off. But <laughs> researchers at the University of Colorado have discovered a procrastination gene. Apparently, if you look at it under the microscope, it's the only gene that's watching cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> and the other genes are like, come on, let's do stuff. And they're like, great. I'm sure many of us can relate to that clip. That, of course, is Ellen DeGeneres. Today, we get into a topic that many, myself included, struggle with from time to time. I like to think of myself as a productive person, but sometimes I just don't feel that way. I spoke to three interesting professionals about procrastination. So exercising and having a well-balanced diet should be the top of your task list. So daily habits that can help us stop procrastinating are actually quite small changes, but they're very powerful. And the first one is planning your day. I think uh, an interesting way of also just thinking about it clinically would also be anxiety as a reason for procrastination. People aren't the same. We see this most clearly when it comes to starting and maintaining health regimens and fitness routines. Some are get up and go every single morning, 4 a.m. they're in the gym without any excuses. While some of us kind of struggle. We put healthy living off to a more convenient time and we tell ourselves we'll have time in the future. We say, ah, I'll do it on Monday. Then Monday becomes Thursday, which then comes next Monday and so on and so on. I spoke to Reginald Ayer, a professional fitness trainer, about why we procrastinate, specifically in the area of physical training. Procrastinating is more you always feeling you don't have the time, right? So you're always busy with other, other issues that you feel is slightly more important, but which the health factor is actually your top of the chart. Because with your top of the chart factor, which is your health, you cannot perform, execute, or even enjoy any other task. So we always feel that the excuse is that we don't have the time. Yeah. So work-related can be the number one excuse. You're always busy. But then we always we always come up with something in any case, even if it's not work-related. You need to get home. You need to do something. But if you sit with a problem health-wise, and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, you're sitting with problem A, B, C. If you do not lose X amount of weight within the next three to four months, you'll be sitting with a vital organ problem or you will just be in uh, health danger. And then all of a sudden you've got all the time in the world. 
Because, <laughs> because so you know that, listen, if I don't make a move now, my life is in trouble, you know? A 2011 research article by BMC Public Health found that almost all the participants they surveyed revealed awareness of the benefits of being physically active, but that didn't mean it changed their behavior towards exercise. So there's no like real link between the awareness and the behavior change. So complacency, as Reginald puts it, is one of the reasons why we procrastinate. Within that same study from the BMC, participants also cited the cost of keeping healthy, childcare, lack of time as barriers to working out frequently and eating well. So for many people, it takes something like super drastic to get them over these barriers. So the fact is that remember your body won't notify you there's a problem unless it's there already. So we always feel good to go all the time that's why you have all the excuses. But when the problem is there, all of a sudden you want to do something about it. So for us, it's, it's, it's very important to remind our clients as well that, listen, yeah, even if you have the world of excuses, just try and stamp on that excuses and make sure you get yourself. You need to get yourself to the gym. Whether it's one, three times, six times a week, it is basically your choice, but you need to put in the effort because while your life health is all that matters. You can have your your Lamborghinis, your triple-story houses, whatever. But if your health is not in order, you cannot enjoy those things. I asked Reginald about the benefits of his clients' experience when they do stick to fitness goals. I also wanted to hear from him why it is that they feel a sense of guilt when they delay taking the necessary action towards the goal they have set. Well, tons of benefits. Physical strength, relaxed mind, glowing skin, and of course, looking good and feeling healthy and being healthy because the health is what matters. Why do we feel guilty about procrastinating? Well, we feel guilty when the time is past. Then we actually realize that we could have done something with that time. And that time can never be found again because time waits for no man. So it's all about feeling guilty after that because you've done nothing with the time. You were not productive. So it is lost. Yes. The time is lost where you could have been productive, where you could have made something better with your life or with your health, or it could have been part of the program that you had. So you have to start afresh. Our next guest, just like Reginald, is invested in the health and well-being of her clients. I'll allow her to introduce herself. Alrighty, my name is Kemi and I am a author. I write a lot about wellness, holistic wellness, taking care of yourself, loving yourself and showing up fully human. I am a wellness advocate. That is my big passion, you know, learning more about myself and helping people learn more about themselves so that we can collectively heal. And the work that I do for me is important because I think the only way that we get to a society that is safe and loving and productive is when we all return to ourselves. I love what you said about showing up, which is a great segue into our actual topic for the day, which is why we procrastinate. Now, I, I like to think about um, taking care of yourself as being able to take breaks and being able to pace yourself at work. 
But I think procrastination is on the far end of that continuum where you're just putting something off and in the end, actually jeopardizing your own wellness because you now have to do it in like a shorter time. Maybe you're upping your anxiety. Maybe you're lowering the quality of what you produce. Um, Can we talk a little bit about why you think we procrastinate? So whenever I talk about procrastination, I like to mention, so some time ago, I learned a new word for procrastination, and that's resistance. So Ah. when you think of procrastination, and you realize that it is actually a form of resistance, then you... Mm to unpack it in a way that is helpful because a lot of times we grew up with this assumption that when you procrastinate it's because you're lazy yeah yeah it's not that because you know laziness is a label you give to a pattern of behavior you know when you're supposed to do things you don't do them and you don't really have a good reason but procrastination is a little bit deeper because you may not want to do something and that's why we're The second, exactly. the second would be, um, you know, that we actually are skilled in something. So sometimes when you are very good, when you are talented at something, you rely on that talent. You rely on the fact that you know when you put in the work, someone who has to work, um, someone who has to like put in a nine to get the kind of output that you would get if you just put in a four. And that's the that's the issue with talent and why a lot of talented people sometimes don't succeed because you rely so heavily on your talent and you don't put in the work that is necessary for you yeah. to feel the discipline you need. Now that is so interesting because we talk so much about talent in industries um, and I'm hearing you say it can be detrimental in some ways. Oh, definitely. Because remember that our talents create our comfort zones. When I know that I am naturally skilled at something, immediately there's a sense of safety and security and knowing that I can do it naturally when you have to work for it. That is incredible. And I, I, I absolutely didn't think that that tied into procrastination, but I can see that it does. Um, there certainly are tasks if I'm speaking personally, like, putting in your tax return that I'm procrastinating because I am resisting because I don't want to do it. Um, But there are other tasks where I know I have to put together a short presentation and I could do it really well in an hour, but I'll wait until the final hour to put that work in. And I think what that blocks for me is that second tier of insight and brilliance because if I put it in the first hour, then I'm able to go back and self-review and make it better than my level that I I gave naturally quite quickly. And that's exactly it. So sometimes you'll find, like I I write and I am a good writer, but something that I had to learn was to give myself enough time to go back and read what I've written. A lot of writers have this bad habit of shooting through whatever you're writing because it's flowing out of you and you've kind of honed the skill. And then you just, you don't go back and read your entire piece because it has already made sense to you. You've known the message that you're putting across. Since we're recording remotely, we lost Pimi for a sec, but we got her back and here's what she had to say. 
So daily habits that can help us stop procrastinating um, are actually quite small changes, but they very powerful. And the first one is planning your day. And this is actually a keystone habit. Planning your day in detail allows you to see what kind of effort is required per task and also helps you plan out your day better. So if you're somebody who has more energy in the morning and your focus is is higher in the morning, then that's the time that you give yourself work that requires more concentration and that way you're able to get into flow better. If you're somebody who only gets their high energy boost later on in the day, then you start off your day with easy tasks, things that you can accomplish quickly, things that will boost your morale and will encourage you to do more. And, you know, you leave the hardest stuff that you need to concentrate for moments in the day where you've got the energy to do so. So you kind of have to know yourself. You have to know where your energy lies. Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? And make sure that you're planning your day accordingly so that you match it There's a trend on the rise and it's coming through in what Pemia is talking about and what a lot of other people in the wellness space have tapped into, including even my very own Nike Plus running app. It's around energy planning. Instead of planning your day according to a schedule or a list of tasks you have to get through, you can plan your day according to pockets of energy that rise and fall. So when you know you have the highest energy, you use that time to do the most energy consuming tasks. There's even talk in the psychology world and the physical world about sinking your energy peaks and troughs to things that happen in your body. For instance, if you're a woman, your period cycle can be one of the ways to hack uh, the rise and fall of energy and tap into that to produce more work. I have to say it's a pretty interesting trend because it's kind of more aligned to listening to your body, which can probably help us overcome the resistance that Pimi mentions. Another thing that can help us stop procrastinating, another ritual, is to start the task. So whatever you need to do to break it down in advance. So every day you do something small of that specific task that you have to do. That way, by the time you're halfway, the end is near in sight because sometimes we procrastinate because we're overwhelmed. So if you break things down and you break it down um, throughout the days, you know, throughout the days and you know that today I'm doing just this bit, that's enough to get you over the the hurdle of resistance. So um, plan your day, break down your tasks. And over and above that, um, another thing is just asking yourself, why are you resisting? What is your resistance trying to tell you? Um, Should you be working on this thing that you are struggling to start? Is this the right path for you? Is this something that maybe you need help with? So it's important for us to understand our procrastination in order for us to overcome it. So when we start feeling this level of resistance building up, we also do need to kind of ask ourselves why and what do we need to overcome it? And usually we know. 
That was an amazing uh, conversation with Pimi. Thanks, Pimi. It was lovely to have you on Why Is That? Next, we're chatting to someone who's going to give us a psychologist's view on why we procrastinate. Hi, Gilebukhile. Welcome to Why Is That? Hi, Ngavi Singh. Thank you for having me. Ach, it's a pleasure. We're very excited to have you. But first, can I ask you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners what you do for a living? Okay, thank you for the platform. My name is Kilebukhile uh, Mujanaka, as you've mentioned. I am a clinical psychologist currently in private practice, and I'm very passionate about uh, mental health awareness, and hence I'm excited to be on your platform. But I'm also part of the World Youth Alliance, where I do advocacy for mental health and also issues related to human dignity and human rights. Well, that is absolutely incredible. And I think you're the right person for the topic that we're tackling today, which is around why we procrastinate. Can you give us a sense on why you think that is? So um, it is a very interesting topic and I think a very wide one to say the least. Um, My perspective certainly will be on a more clinical reasons to why we procrastinate because I think there could be a multiple of reasons why we do it and different fields and disciplines might explain it differently. But I will focus more on the clinical reasons as to why we procrastinate. And I think um, from the work that I've done, um, there's, there can be multiple reasons, but I'll just stick to maybe five where I've seen that anxiety could be one of the reasons why we procrastinate. Depression could be one of the reasons we procrastinate. Stress can be reasons to why we procrastinate, but also clinical diagnoses such as ADHD, for example, can be the reason why we procrastinate. Cause I would love to focus on specifically the ADHD. Um, I feel like that might be new to my consciousness. As far as I know, the little that I know, um, it's characterized by an inability to focus. So how does mm-hmm. that link to procrastination? Okay. I'm very aware there's no like universal definition as to what procrastination is. But because if you're going to think about it as a phenomenon where we cause unnecessary delay or delay in doing tasks or doing certain things. Um, Those unnecessary delays generally with procrastinations have negative connotations because it leads to negative consequences. So if we wanna think about it in the ADHD perspective, we can think about it in a sense that if you are diagnosed with ADHD, you tend to be quite inattentive and hyperactive. So as a result, um, you can imagine if you can't pay attention and you're quite hyperactive, you won't really finish tasks. You know, even with the children that I work with, um, you find that the most common complaint from parents and teachers is that they just don't complete their work. So now, if you're not completing your work, chances of you getting back to it are going to be quite slim or they're going to be delayed. And then you yes. end up in right for work that's not being done so in that sense just looking for an objective view it could look like procrastination that you don't really finish tasks but it can just be a matter of you know you're not able to focus for long periods of times or you're quite inattentive to the task so that could be one of the reasons um you know it could be seen as procrastination but I think in the same faith, maybe if you'd allow me, Khabi Singh, um, sure. I, I think an interesting way of also just thinking about it clinically would also be anxiety. 
as a reason for procrastination. Mm. That yeah, is interesting yeah. because um, the anxiety levels, I would even say around the world, have risen um, mm. due to the COVID mm. pandemic, working under difficult circumstances, and other reasons related to the moment we're all living in. So I'd love to understand how anxiety can play a part in making us procrastinate. Yes, it's so true, especially just looking at yeah, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, like so much has changed. And I think a lot of people find themselves very anxious. And I like to think about anxiety on a spectrum, right? So if you're quite anxious, you can either be avoidant of certain things because if you think about anxiety it can either be a real or an imagined fear of something whether it's social situations whether it's work related whether it's socially related but you quite most people might be avoidant when they're anxious where they don't want to do certain things right yeah. so in that phase when you think about it in that way is that if you are avoidant of doing tasks, maybe it's difficult, um, so you would avoid doing it, or maybe you, you in your head a lot about your performance. Are you going to be able to know what to do? Are you going to excel at what you're doing? Um, are you feeling confident in what you're doing? So you start to worry a lot and get quite anxious, and then you tend to avoid uh, doing the work. So if we think about it that way from an objective perspective, it can look like procrastination uh, because you're not actually doing the task or you're taking longer uh, time to do the task and then you tend to get into trouble at work or with your family members and people may, may label you as a procrastinator because you don't actually do the thing. So sometimes it can be fear-driven that you're avoidant of certain tasks. But also, as I started saying that anxiety is on a spectrum, some people might be on the other side where they are so anxious that they're obsessive and very compulsive in doing things. So yeah. they do things on time, they check lists, they do it in order, and everything seems to always run on time and on schedule. Um, so they're like the opposite of procrastinators, but some who are more avoidant because of the fears, whether real or imagined, may tend to look like procrastinators. Very interesting. And something that I guess I'm hearing for the first time and what you're saying is there's a level of preempting that we do when we start mm -hmm. to think about um, how the work will be and that can make us avoidant. Do you have mm -hmm. any uh, rituals or any practices that can begin to help people that are avoidant to get to their tasks sooner? Mm -mm. I think that's a very, very important question to ask because um, it's a complex one to answer <laughs> because of the fact that, um, like I said, there might be different reasons to why people procrastinate. So yeah. if it's an issue of anxiety, like you said, that, but anxiety that starts to be quite crippling, like where you actually really always get into trouble for the work you don't, you don't do or um, people perceive you in a negative light because of the delays and everything um, that they expect from you. So in that sense, when it's starting to affect your work life, I think most importantly, when it's starting to affect your social life where people feel like they can't rely on you because you're going to either let them down or uh, you maybe believe that, you know, there's also a false assumption that I work better under pressure, right? But yeah. if you work in the team kind of setting, that can be anxiety provoking for the team because everybody else wants to do things on time 
and then you like no no no, i'm gonna get it done and then you get it done in the last minute but now it has disrupted your social networks because everybody feels like are you not the best person to work with you know so yeah. in that things where it starts really affecting your relationships it starts affecting your social spaces and i think it is something to um consult a professional about because of the fact that if it is anxiety we'd have to know whether it is anxiety that needs medicating or anxiety that's probably need about therapy where we can try and find out why is it um you're avoiding certain tasks and why and how long it has been because clinically there's no diagnosis for procrastinator so i can't diagnose anyone as a chronic procrastinator <laughs> anymore yeah i feel like that diagnosis might be appropriate for me in certain instances <laughs> i think if we were to think about procrastination maybe as clinically significant i think if it has taken place for longer than 6 months right and happens for more than half of your day and it's not just the procrastination but it's accompanied by other symptoms whether physical symptoms or psychological symptoms where now you're not bathing anymore or you're not um you know engaging in anything or you have headaches every time you think of doing that one task or maybe there's that one subject if you're a student studying that you know you keep avoiding a lot and it's causing you headache but for it to really be like a clinical diagnosis it has to have been with that much intensity for longer than 6 months half more than half of your day and accompanied by other physical symptoms um but again if that's the case you'd have to consult a professional about it but in terms of just day to day tips i think um it's really just thinking about thinking about the things that you do procrastinate on maybe i can ask you khabi saying you said that you consider yourself a procrastinator sometimes so maybe you can tell me what what do you usually procrastinate is it everything or is it a particular thing uh no it's not everything it's like tasks that i consider to be grudge work so whether it's submitting a tax return or uh submitting a timesheet um mm. just the the things i don't enjoy spending my time mm-hmm. on So that's the first key. So to 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 now you've identified it's not actually everything because sometimes we might be quick to label ourselves procrastinators or yes. quick to just uh, say like no I work better under pressure but we don't actually really realize that it's not always it's just a particular thing. So once um that's one of the things that you can check what is it that I procrastinate. So if it's something about like you're saying the 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 tax returns maybe there is something that's stressful around that right that you might think about okay is it the fact that i have to fill in the paperwork is it the fact that you know i have to go stand in long queues you know just be yeah. curious about yourself curious about what aspect because if you can be able to pinpoint one aspect um you procrastinate then you know if it's about standing queues and maybe it's about thinking oh friend get a friend that you can both go and submit tax returns together maybe it might make it a bit easier and much happier thought to think about oh then afterwards you can have a lunch date for example yeah so it's really about just pinpointing and being curious about yourself that it's probably um 
a subject, for example, if you're doing an accounting course and uh, auditing is hard, it's about thinking, is it about me not understanding the work that I procrastinate the work or is it about the teacher? Every time I think about the teacher, I get anxious, I get these feelings. It's about thinking, okay, maybe I can get a tutor who can help me understand better and then start to see if your habits start to change and your your if there's any changes in the procrastination that you've picked up really really insightful and thank you for letting me off the hook as a procrastinator <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us i think we've learned a lot from our discussion with you yes no thank you for having me and i mean please be careful not to um diagnose yourself as a procrastinator because really generally um sometimes it's not that deep in terms of like having a clinical diagnosis like i was saying i was just focusing the more the clinical aspects of it but it really can also be situational sometimes things are just boring and you know it's very hard to want to get motivated to do something that's boring or yeah you know, it's a difficult task or sometimes even if it's something really interesting and you want to save it for last, you know. So there can be situational reasons as to why we procrastinate. Um, but yeah, I was just sharing inside of the more clinical reasons to what I've seen. That was super helpful. Thank you so much. That was an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you understand a little bit more about why we procrastinate. Perhaps you can overcome some of your own procrastination habits, having sat in on this conversation with us. As always, we'd like you to follow us on our social media at Why Is That on Instagram. Um, please find us on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. And do leave us a message uh, if you've got questions or comments. We love to hear them. Thank you.